in the United States, there's some amazing things happening with the young adults. And before COVID, they had these conferences known as the Focus Conference for university Catholic students. And imagine a room packed with 8,000 young adults gathered together to praise the Lord. And so in 2018, there was a conference, and then there was a special speaker. And that speaker was actually Jim Caviezel. So Jim Caviezel is the actor in The Passion of the Christ, and he talks about his experience of filming The Passion. And during The Passion, he said that he was actually scourged accidentally. He got hit with the scourge. He actually dislocated his shoulder at one point. And as he was on the cross, he was actually struck by lightning. And while he was there as well, because he was outside so often, he experienced hypothermia and actually eventually had to get open-heart surgery. So he went through a great deal of suffering in order to film the passion. But one thing that he said that really struck me was that he said that Saul means great one and Paul means little one. Saul means great one and Paul means little one. He says that in order to be great in the eyes of God, we must be little. And that summarizes the whole Christian life, that we are called to be little ones and not great ones. And so what does that mean? What does it mean to be a little one rather than a great one? Several years ago, when I was in seminary, we had this fundraiser five-kilometer race. And so I had to train for it just to get ready for it. And I don't know about you, but I strongly dislike running. It sounds like you too. It's a battle, right? Because it's a battle with the mind. You're running, your knees hurt. And it's like, just give up. Just start walking. Or you're tired. And just like, just go get some donuts. <laughs> and so as I was running and preparing, it was difficult. And so I was like, God, I need your grace just to finish this race. And then as I was running, I was like, what is grace? I don't know if you think about, people think about random things, but while I was running, I was thinking about that. What is grace? And so I imagined, like, if there are people cheering on me on the side, oh, that, that's kind of like grace, and there's, there's music. Maybe you listen to music and you hit that song that pumps you up to go, right? In a way, we could say that these are forms of grace and analogies. In the Catholic tradition, we call them actual grace. It's that spiritual boost, that spiritual kick in the pants just to keep you going when you need it. But then I thought about the words in our gospel today. And Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And then I realized that grace was more like the oxygen that I was breathing. That in order, like, we need oxygen. We need to breathe in oxygen to live our natural life. And so in the same way, in the spiritual life, we need the breath of God, the Holy Spirit, to give us the grace to live our supernatural life as children of God. And so grace then, we call the sanctifying grace, is the supernatural heavenly oxygen for our souls, without which we cannot have life. And so there are several implications as a result of this. And there's three of them. The first is that we all need grace. 
Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we're invited to realize that we're called to be like Paul's, little ones. Because a little one is someone who is completely reliant on the grace of God. They know that they need God's grace, not just in moments of trouble, but at every moment of their life. Like they need air to breathe. Whereas a Saul, or a great one, is someone who forgets that they need the grace of God at all moments in their lives. And they rely on their own efforts. You see, sometimes we think of grace like an emergency parachute. Right? When we experience suffering or financial difficulty or trouble, we kind of pull the parachute of grace to save us. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's good to ask for actual grace, to ask for God's help in those moments when we need it. But what can happen if we're not careful is we develop a misconception that we only need God's help in times of trouble to supplement our own efforts. But really, you know, we're kind of like, you know, in the Alcoholic Anonymous, right? People hit rock bottom, but they have to acknowledge a higher power Right? But in fact, they're recognizing a truth that we all experience in it. It's just that they recognize it in their rock bottom. And so we are called and invited to recognize that we always need God's grace, to be always dependent on the Father. You see, because St. Paul, when he was Saul, in a way, he thought of himself as a great one. Right? He's like, I observed the law to its, you know, strictly. I studied under the greatest rabbis at the time, Rabbi Gamaliel. But in our first reading today, we hear about the conversion of Saul and how Barnabas is trying to defend him, that he's changed. He's no longer Saul. And in fact, in chapter 13, when God gives him a new mission, he gives him the new name. And now he is Paul, the little one. And as Paul, he no longer rejoices in his greatness, in his own achievements. In fact, he rejoices in his weakness, in his littleness. This is what St. Paul says in his second letter to the Corinthians. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So the conversion of St. Paul is our conversion too. It's the conversion from being Saul to Paul, from being a great one to being a little one, from self-reliance to grace-reliance. And so we all need grace. But the second principle is that we need to choose grace, right? We don't just get grace sitting on our couch and eating chips. Jesus says, just as a branch cannot bear fruit on its own unless it remains on the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. And so we need to choose it, right? You think of a boat, right? The boat doesn't just sail on its own, right? The wind blows, but the boat has to throw up its sails to catch the wind. And so in the same way too, the grace of God 
is like a wind blowing in our life, but we need to throw up the sails of our own free will to catch His grace so that He may lead us to our destination. And we can do that by abiding in Jesus. And in the second reading today, St. John tells us how we can abide with Jesus. He says that we need to believe in the name of Jesus. We need to love one another. We need to keep His commandments. Those who keep His commandments abide in Him. And most importantly as well, for us as Catholics, we are called to abide in Jesus through the sacraments, particularly through baptism. Because in baptism, we as branches are grafted onto the vine. That's how we receive the life of grace. But the thing with grace is that we can say yes to it, but we can also say no as well. And that's the radical gift of our freedom. You know, we can sever ourselves off. We can cut ourselves off from Jesus, who is the true vine, through serious sin. And if we were unrepentant at the moment of our death with this sin, then it will lead to our eternal separation from God. You know, Jesus says in the gospel today, anyone who does not remain in me will be thrown out like a branch and wither, and it will be thrown into the fire and burnt. My brothers and sisters, this is not a word, this is not meant to be a word of condemnation. You see, when a doctor tells someone that their arm is broken, he's not trying to condemn them. He's trying to invite them to be healed. And so Jesus is not trying to condemn us. He's saying that if we're that broken branch, if we have that broken relationship with God, it's not a condemnation, but an invitation to be healed through the sacrament of confession. Because we all need grace and we need to say yes to it. And finally, Jesus reminds us that we're called to bear fruit, to live our lives for other people. Jesus says, whoever remains in me and I in them will bear much fruit. And so if we remain in Jesus, believing in his name, living the commandments, receiving the sacraments, his divine life flows through us and it gives us the ability to do what is beyond our nature, what is supernatural. Last year, in 2020, in February, there was a mother, her name is Leela, and she is a Maronite Catholic in Australia. She experienced a horrible tragedy. There was a, a drunk driver who had a blood alcohol limit three times the legal limit. And as her children were going to get ice cream, they were caught in that accident of him driving. And so she lost three of her four children. And as parents, you can only imagine the pain that she felt. There's pictures of her weeping at the fence where it all happened. She says that, I asked God to take everything away from me, but not my children. I feel like I am walking the literal stations of the cross. But if you watch the seven-minute interview of her, it's beautiful. She says, I'm at peace. She says, I can feel my children hugging me. She says, I have goosebumps because I know they're there. And I know and I can trust in God. I know they're in a better place. 
And in the radical thing that she says to these reporters, she says, I think in my heart, I forgive him. You know, I'm, I don't want to see him right now, but I forgive him. I'm not going to hate him. It's not who we are. It's not what our religion tells us. You know, maybe we don't realize it, but to trust in God and to forgive our enemies, that is a supernatural act. And that grace is given to each and every one of us at every single Mass in the Eucharist. The grace to trust like Jesus, the grace to love like Jesus, the grace even to forgive like Jesus. This grace is present to us in the Eucharist. So all we need to do is to recognize our need for grace, to say yes to it, and to allow it to bear fruit in our lives. Because as Jesus reminds us, apart from me, you can do nothing. But St. Paul also reminds us that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am little, then I am great.